T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Alcohol sales have skyrocketed during the pandemic. That means Michiganders are drinking more. And as a result, alcohol dependency is on the rise and treatment centers are having a hard time keeping up. We are overwhelmed. Our census has tripled. A local expert says between the stress of COVID-19 and the growing acceptability of alcohol consumption during said pandemic is creating the perfect storm for those who suffer from alcohol dependency issues. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. On Friday, we did a story about the sharp rise in alcohol sales during the pandemic. That rise does not come without consequence. Harvard researchers say the increase in drinking during COVID could result in an additional 8,000 deaths related to liver disease and almost 20,000 cases of liver failure by 2040. The researchers also found that sustained consumption across a single year could result in anywhere between 19 and 35 percent additional mortality. For reference, about 95,000 Americans die yearly because of excessive alcohol abuse, that according to the Centers for Disease Control. Sarah Teague is the clinical manager at Skywood Outpatient in Royal Oak and says they're having a hard time keeping up with those that need the help. We are overwhelmed clinically, I think, right now. Our census has tripled since the pandemic started. I mean, it, it's kind of been a gradual increase since that time. And a majority, it's about 65 to 70% of the folks who are in our program are alcohol primary concern. So yes, we feel that a lot. It is not a huge surprise the consumption of booze rose during the pandemic. We mentioned it on Friday. Not only were people anxious and scared, but they were bored too. While it can be dangerous, no question, alcohol is a pretty common coping mechanism for many. Alcohol works to reduce stress, like it does. Um, but the problem becomes when alcohol is chosen and continues to be chosen as a method of coping with the stress, it gradually reduces the psychological system's ability to open up to other stress management techniques because your body and your brain know that alcohol is going to work to get rid of this stress. So why don't I just keep on going back to that? The kicker is, though, that the CDC says alcohol worsens your ability to sleep, which makes stress harder to deal with, along with leading to a rise in anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Sarah Teague, our friend from Skywood Outpatient, says for some who were already struggling, the onset of the pandemic was a backbreaker. What I've noticed, and I do a majority, like a lot of intakes for folks that are coming in, either they're stepping down from that Skywood residential community or they're coming from other residential settings. And one of the questions has to do with like significant stressful events that have been happening that played a role in the escalated drinking pattern. Our clients are saying everything was fine. I had some stressors and then COVID happened. And then the stress that had been kind of baseline beforehand, it became unmanageable during that time. A lot of individuals ended up struggling. It was kind of like a tip over effect. And then not only that, but a lot of folks lost close family members, friends, not just to COVID in and of itself, but overdose rates also increased so much. So there was just a significant amount of loss that was going on too, which is an added stressor 
One of the things that we do know about addiction and alcoholism, there's a genetic predisposition. And then you put on top of that, like nurture, like family, kind of like witnessing alcohol use growing up, perhaps what it is that you witness from your society in general, what you witness from your peer group. And then you add on top of that, like significantly stressful events. And you had the perfect storm with COVID. So part of TGA's job, as it always has been, is teaching people how to cope, literally. We would offer like psychoeducation to anybody who wanted to attend on how to cope and accept the realities of what it was that was going on with the pandemic while continuing to maintain sobriety. It was really fabulous. And a lot of people attended, you know, I did it on like a Friday night at like eight o'clock. Um, and there were a lot of people that came because they didn't have anything else to do. And it was a time where they felt connected to other people that were also sober, or at least trying to be. One of the things Tige points to also as another possible trigger for many, alcohol became far more commonplace, right? Zoom happy hours or maybe just having a drink while you work from home. Alcohol became such a way to cope and people were getting away with it. (laughs) People were working from home. They could, during these meetings that they were having, people would often sign off early from these meetings and would end up drinking earlier on in the day. Um, And so some of those Some of those natural, I guess, like limitations, boundaries that would be in place where individuals wouldn't drink, those boundaries weren't there as much and and folks started started to drink more and it ended up causing a bigger problem. I spoke to a person with Alcoholics Anonymous of Greater Detroit about all of this too. Obviously, I'm not going to identify them or play the audio, you know why, but the thing that kept coming up over and over again was that they lost the ability to meet in person. See, meetings are a cornerstone of AA's method of helping people become sober. That is an issue for both people who are in outpatient and inpatient treatment. Tige says, like in other medical fields, telehealth became very important. So we started doing virtual programming when the pandemic started and then actually continued to provide that resource. And I believe that's going to continue to be open you know, for folks that struggle with alcohol use disorder at the outpatient level of care that they're going to be able to have that provided that as a resource moving forward. But we also do in-person groups, and we were actually within the, like, metro Detroit area. We were one of the first outpatient programs to start, you know, opening up to see people in person um, because we recognized how important that whole process is, Um, but, but also are able to provide telehealth resources. So all the different sorts of things that a person can do in person, like, can do in person here, they can also do virtually. So they can do individual therapy, they could do group therapy, they can do psychiatry, um, all the different, I guess, like uh, uh, services that we provide to people that are inpatient, we can also now provide it to people virtually. And there are pros and cons to both, I think. Obviously, it was helpful, and it will continue to be helpful, but telemedicine can only go so far. Our program is attached to Skywood Recovery that's located in Augusta, Michigan, kind of close to Kalamazoo. And the community that they develop, and that's obviously only in person where they, you know, get those kind of services. It's more of a residential community setting. The kind of community that's developed while they're there, individuals can continue those relationships when they step down to an outpatient setting. Um, and that, I think, is one of the biggest pros of doing telehealth is that it provides, like, the, the ongoing sort of, I guess, like, resource of getting support from other group members, people who you met 
at the higher level of care and now you can continue to get supported by them from the safety of your living room. Alcohol is wildly dangerous. That's no secret. The near 100,000 deaths nationwide a year bear that out. But even stopping the consumption of booze is dangerous. Tigay says there are only two substances that can kill you during detox. Alcohol is one of them. Developing physical tolerance, developing physical withdrawal. That is a very dangerous thing. The body becomes acclimated to alcohol over time, especially for folks that are drinking every day. Suddenly stopping the alcohol use has the potential to bring on major withdrawal symptoms that in some circumstances can be life-threatening, especially if the alcohol use has been happening daily for a longer period of time. The other substance where the withdrawal can kill you is benzodiazepine. Think Valium or Xanax. Fighting alcohol addiction is incredibly difficult, pandemic or not. For most, if not all, in recovery, it never ends. Things like cravings will always be something they deal with for the rest of their lives. When individuals stop drinking, the cravings are really, you know, they can be very unmanageable. Like, this is a very serious kind of situation where your system is craving because it's used to that drinking and it's used to using whether the alcohol was used as a way to manage the stress like deliberately or it just ended up happening as a result of drinking the system is still going to want to go back to that when you're newly sober and a lot of times clients are like oh well you know it's not that big of a deal or like the cravings aren't that bad and I'm like no they are but like they're supposed to be bad like your body wants to go back to that and that's okay so, yeah, I mean, dangerous on all different kinds of levels. Tigay says that at Skywood, they treat all kinds of addiction, and across the board, the numbers are up. Overdose deaths, those are up too. But it's the battle with alcohol that really stands out. According to Tigay, about 65% of their patients are dealing with a drinking problem, almost two-thirds of their clients. That is a really big number. And it seems like it's only going to increase those who suffer from dependency. Alcohol sales have regressed a bit, but the sales figures are still higher than pre-pandemic levels. I want to thank Sarah Teagay, the clinical manager at Skywood Outpatient in Royal Oak, for sharing her expertise with us. You can find continuing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic at the two-year mark at www.jnewsradio.com. If you yourself are battling an alcohol addiction, you can visit aaferndale.org. That is the website for the Greater Detroit Chapters of Alcoholics Anonymous. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.